0: You're listening to the True Life Church podcast. To learn more about True Life Church, including our service times in Melbourne, Florida, join us online at truelifemelbourne.com or find us on Facebook. Today's message comes from Lead Pastor Joshua Smith. On Facebook and social media this week, I invited you to take a look at one scripture. that scripture was 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and that was virtually one of the only things we posted all week, except to remind you that we were having service today, starting at 10 a.m. And if you haven't had a chance to read it, yeah, okay, we're about to. But if you did, I hope you were able to meditate on this, and so I'm going to ask you to do the same thing, regardless of whether or not you were able to or not at home. I'm getting in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I'm going to begin in verse 11. So Solomon had finished the house of the Lord. He put together the temple, brick after brick and gold and lay and all the things about how it was supposed to be designed. So Solomon had finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and his own house, he successfully accomplished. And then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and he said to him, I have heard your prayer, and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, and pause really quickly, we could argue that all of those things are going on, and at some point have been going on since the writing of this, right? Here beginning in verse 14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house, that my name be there, may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. As for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father, saying, you shall not lack a man to rule Israel. But... If you turn aside and forsake my statues and my commandments that I have set before you, and you go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck you up from my land that I have given you. And this house that I have consecrated for my name, I will cast it out of my sight. And I will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And at this house which was exalted, everyone passing by will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus? to this land, to this house. Then they will say, because they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshiped them and served them, therefore he has brought all this disaster on them. A quick question. Does the temple in Jerusalem still stand? No. In fact, all that's left is part of a wall. We call it the Wailing Wall. Because still to this day, Practicing Jews go there and they will say their prayers and and kind of look like this up against this the wall, the only wall that's, that's left of the temple. The temple was destroyed not but a couple of decades after Jesus Christ. And so I have to think to myself, at some point, after all the messianic prophecies, we after all we talked about this past season during Christmas, they didn't get the message. And the people over there in Israel, they stopped following God. It was all laid out there right for them. Hey, there's going to come a king. Hey, this guy's the king. My son, whom I'm well pleased. And by that time, they, at that point, like, there's no excuse that they wouldn't have had a chance. to like, follow Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It goes to the temple. God is true to his word, is he not? Well, I'm going to go back to verse 14, because we have to be careful sometimes to to not take so much of the text so personally, and yes, it's all good, and it's all useful for teaching, right? But one of the things I do want to highlight out of this is that this is still true. Is this true? Yes? Anyone want to argue about its trueness? Right? Right? Let's go back to verse 14. If my people who are called by my name, if my people who are called by my name, would you say, first of all, starting off this year of 2022, are you called by his name? Are you known as a Christ follower? Are you called by his name? When you wake up in the morning, do you go, ugh? Or do you go, God, here's another day. I need your help. Be with me. Do the people around you know you're a Christ follower? Are you known by his name? If the people who are called by my name, here's the next thing, and there's going to be three. I love this because, first of all, there's a trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And here in this passage, we have, we'll call it, Double trinity, right? There's three sets of verbs, three sets of kind of if you do this and then promise fulfilled, all right? If my people, and that's a big if, right? We can agree to that. Big if, if my people who are called by my name, what's the first thing we're gonna see here? What's the next word? Humble. Humble. If my people, first thing, I want you to take away, humble. If my people humble themselves. Say, I don't have it all. I don't have this year figured out. I definitely didn't have last year figured out. I don't have my life figured out. I don't have all the answers. And God, I seek you because I'm nothing. And God, I seek after you because I don't know. God, I seek after you because I can't. And fill in the blank. And as much, as much as I love my Georgia Bulldogs, when they lost to Alabama, we needed it. We got crushed in the SEC championship a couple weeks ago. And we deserved it. Like it had it coming. We needed the humility. So we could turn around and face adversity again. You know, and this is just a football team. Like, this is a very, 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 very simple example. But I guarantee you, it's at some level, you've got your own places in your own life where you say, I really need to submit that to God. I really have been walking this way or doing this thing for so long, I feel like I've got it. I've been doing my job this long. When's the last time I, you know, I've been at this job 22 years. I know exactly everything. I can do this and teach everybody else how to do it. I don't don't need God to get through my day at my job. Friend, you need humbling. Whether or not you make coffee, You're an engineer, you're a doctor, you're a stay-at-home mom. Oh, they need help, right? If my people who are called by by my name, what's the first word again? Humble themselves. And then here we have this double verb, and then pray and seek my face. This is all part of the same chunk of verbiage. Pray and seek my face. In a couple weeks, we're going to be having a prayer journal again. Brand new prayer journal for 2022, and we're going to try to do it together as a church. All right, we had the 40-day one. There's still three copies out there if you want to take this, that one. This one's going to be 21 days of prayer and fasting, fasting already built in. If my, pumble, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face. So first of all, we have to be humbled. Second of all, we've got to be active in praying and seeking God's face. Which is one of the reasons, again, in this environment, it affords us the ability to just speak the prayers out. And in a circle, hopefully everybody can hear each other. Like, you all don't have to be behind a microphone. That's not the point. The body of Christ can hear the body of Christ. And we need to be about the work of prayer. Some of the things that we are trying over these next few weeks may end up sticking so that when we return to not return to me series go back to some ish of normal some of the things we may try here like the prayer time they might stick in there we'll see but we need to be about prayer right yeah we need to be about seeking God's face as Mike uh, Vento and I were walking in this morning there was a really really thick fog anyone get a chance to see it It was actually really cool you know, it was like 7.30, 7.45, really thick fog. And I got a picture on my phone, and even on my phone it's hard to see it because there was the sun like over there above the oak tree towards Indian River Coffee. But it was so barely like visible. It was like, is that the moon? Is it the sun? Like it just, it just looked bizarre, and then the fog would come in again. You couldn't even see it. And it's like that's how we need to be. Can you see it? Let me stand here longer and see if I can see it. So I stood there longer. And then Mike came over. He's like, no, nah, it's probably a height thing. I can't see over that oak tree. I'm like, easy, Zacchaeus. It's okay. <laughs> he actually did say that. Okay, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not picking on him. I'm like, no, you, you could see. If, the, if it was visible, you could see it. But we stood there longer, just a little bit longer, just to see if I could take some pictures of it. And that's how we need to be. Because God is here, right? And God, God is present in your life, and sometimes we just brush through it like a drive-through. We need to take more time. I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to stand in this moment a little bit longer. I want to take a picture of this. So I'm going to pray more. I could have read that passage and then gone to the next chapter, but you know what? I'm going to read that whole chapter again, and I'm going to read that chapter again tomorrow and see what God reveals tomorrow, and I'm going to read chapter three all week. Because God can reveal something that we need to see in His face. This Christ-following walk, it's not easy. And there are, I've got to be careful, but there are churches right now, this very moment across our nation, preaching something else. That the Christ-following walk is easy and you can have it all. And God, just wants the best for you. Prosperity, wealth, and health, and name it, and claim it. Friends, that's not in here. In fact, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. And what he was saying is like, this is going to be the hardest thing you're going to do in life. No one wants the cross. That's not a pleasant way to go but I'm asking you to pick it up and to follow me. This isn't drive-through faith. This is a lifetime calling. We need to be seeking His face. So wherever you're at, stand just a little bit longer. Read the scripture again. Pray again. Worship more. So if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and then here's this next part, number three. And then turn from their wicked ways. But I'm a pretty good person. You ain't. Because <laughs> I ain't. Like, turn from your wicked ways. There's, there's got to be something you got to turn your back on. And you know it. And I know it. And it's time to stop it. Sometimes it's the absence of doing something you should be doing, and turning back. You gotta turn from your wicked ways. And, and if we're gonna turn from our wicked ways, then we have to come to the understanding that we are a wicked person, right? You're not a perfect person. Paul writes later in, in, in Romans is anyone good? No, not one. Nobody good. Except five. No, like it's, no, no one is good. And you are not a good person at heart. And I am not a good person at heart. And we need to turn from our wicked ways. Humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face. Here's the fun part of this. The verse goes on. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, it's the if then. I love if thens. My son is still trying to learn if thens. If you clean up your room, then we can watch Paw Patrol. If you clean up your room, then we can play throw football. If you do not do these things, then... That's a totally different context, right? He doesn't he's learning to understand the if-thens. And and I think many of us, as Christ following children of God, are still trying to learn the same thing. If then. If we do this, then God does this. And this is a promise. If my people were called by my name, and I would say I'm among them, would you? Yeah? Okay. So we're talking about us. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, if then, then I will hear from heaven. He's going to hear us. They're not fall- Our prayers that we just said, that you say in your heart, that you say in your home, are not falling on deaf ears. God hears, God knows, God understands. Then I will hear from heaven. Number two, and I will forgive their sin. Because we're turning from our wicked ways, wicked ways, right? We turn from our sin, he's gonna forgive it. It's promise. And that requires a repentant heart. He's gonna forgive our sin. What a blessing, right? And to hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. They're going to heal our land. Now, what's our land? Because it's not America. I've seen a lot of Americanized, Christ-following-ish memes and posts that take this verse and put it in front of a red, white, and blue background. God's going to heal America. Let me tell you, let's have a heart-to-heart for a second. America is not a Christian country, right? Because if America was a Christian nation, then we would have put In God We Trust on our coinage long before 1950 with president eisenhower if america was a christian nation we would not have kicked native americans off their land and taken their gold and natural resources if america was a christian nation we wouldn't be taking we wouldn't be taking prayer out of schools and scripture out of our justice centers if america was a christian nation we would never have let slavery come onto our shores or tolerated segregation America is simply a a nation that allows freedom of worship. And I'm thankful for that. Like, I'm proud to be an American, but my purpose is to be a Christ follower. So where's our land? Wherever God's people are. Like I'm sick of the word post-Christian culture. The world has always been post-Christian. Anti-Jesus, anti, anti turn from your wicked ways. Anti, humble yourself. Anti, pray and seek My face. Anti, repentance. Oh, you're good by yourself, bro. You just do you. And the universe will work it out. Now, there could be a conversation soon or outside of this time where we get into a deeper context of what our land or the people's land could be because there is a historical version of this that talks about Israel. That's not what I'm talking about today. Our land right now starts right here. Right now, this is our land. Right? This is true life church's land. We pay for it. You pay for it. Over six grand a month in rent. This is our land. Gonna march around on my land. My land feels good. And air conditioned. And right now. That's all we're going to talk about. This land needs healing. Our church, you and me, our body of Christ, needs to know that our prayers are heard. Our church needs to be forgiven of its sin. So return to me, God says. Turn to me. Come back. If you need a verse for your day, something that you can think about 24-7, check out Jeremiah 24-7. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with their whole heart. I'm going to read it again, Jeremiah 24, 7. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people. Do you want that? I want that. I want to be God's people. I want to be known for being God's people. I want to know be known for being a church that's not ashamed of the gospel. I want to be known for being a church that goes out and witnesses. I want to be known for being a church that boldly walks up to people in Walmart being like, hey, I see you're buying Snickers. I too like Snickers. Hey, do you know Jesus? Because if you're not yourself when you're hungry, imagine the separation for eternity. We need to have this conversation. I'll even buy a Coca-Cola with your name on it. In line. Like, if my people, I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall, here it is, return to me with their whole heart. And that's what this is about. This whole series, this whole focus. The message of repentance is not a popular one. No one likes to be caught. No one likes to be told they're wrong. No one likes to admit it. But this is where we begin. This is where we begin. We need a repentant heart. We need to humble ourselves. We need to pray and seek God's face. We need to turn from our wicked ways. Why? Why do all that? Why turn from our wicked ways? Because of what Jesus has done for us. And the hour came. Jesus reclined at the table. And the apostles with him. And he said to them. I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you that I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks He said, take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, he said, this is the cup that is poured out for you as the new covenant in my blood. Behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes, it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be. Who is going to do this? Now, we've all betrayed Christ, right? No one is good, not one. We are all sinners, falling short of the glory of God. And it's like, if you can put yourself in a moment of time, it's like, we are Judas at the table. But God has provided us a way out. The Son, Jesus Christ, who died for, yes, even Judas. When you think about it, Jesus died for Judas and for you, and for me. So why? Why turn from our wicked ways? Why why humble ourselves? Why see God's face? Because of what He's done for us. And we have this up here, and I know I'm not going in the order that Center, Planning Center said we we're going to do. I don't even care. But this little thing up here is sharp, and I've passed it around before. We forget what he's done. Like this little tiny thing here hurts. Like just that. Like this. This is sharp. Pokey pokey. i want to get a poke. Yeah. Woo! It's sharp. Like it's serious. And this is just what they put on his head. Not the what they did to his body. Not the way he died. We take all this for granted. Shame on us.